This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouth of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He is Sam Franco and the gentleman below me on the screen, Mr. Josh Bagrianski. Gentlemen, we have a game to talk about. We have actual action we, we can discuss and break down and get into the nitty gritty. We've got a new local Atlanta United legend that will live that we're going to build the statue for tomorrow. It's been decided. These things we can discuss now. It's great, man. It's wonderful to be able to talk about live game action. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to talk about, you know, a CONCACAF game, which, you know, CONCACAF is always just such a beautiful disaster in the way that these games <laughs> unfold. And uh, we'll definitely be diving into that here in a little bit. But uh, Eric, talking about a, a legend, the legend of Rocco born uh, last night, just an incredible performance after Brad Guzan, who sort of has a penchant for bad challenges, uh, gets a red card. But we have to blame Ezekiel Barco for this one. And again, we'll, we'll dive into all this a little bit more later. But Eric talking about a statue for Rocco, yet hating on Rocco on Twitter. Uh, what's so, up with that, so, man? Now yeah, you're buying I mean, in all of a sudden? Well, do we want to read the tweet? Because everyone thinks that it's a shot at, at Rocco. It's not a shot at Rocco. It's a shot at the fans and how easily we're so – so here's the thing. I think that I, I've not learned much from Twitter in the mistakes that no, I've made on you Twitter. just end that I have, sentence that I have not, not learned much. I have not learned much from Twitter in the I've mistakes I've made on Twitter. End of that being, but that being said, that being said, uh, I, I watched the game. So you can tell the, the way in which I'm watching the game. You can tell that if I'm, getting, if I'm watching as a fan, you can tell based off the tweets that I'm putting out there. If I'm watching as a kind of like an objective observer, you'll know by the tweets that I put out. That's an objective tweet. There's nothing wrong about that tweet. Most of the shots that he got thrown at him were right at him. You're out, you're almost actually it's almost actually like a like a like a I would say like an offense to say that someone like Rocco, as young as he is, who's you know played in the in the U17 World Cup, who's played who's represented Argentina in the U in the U17 South American Championships, would not understand what positioning is, and that that isn't a part of his game, and that he has to show that even though he has all these credentials behind him. Like I, the kid is good. The kid is a good 18 year old goalkeeper. Like there's well, no doubt about with you. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know, you're the next Lord and Savior for Atlanta United when it comes to. I mean, he did a good job. He stepped up in a moment that we needed him to step up in. You know, Brad Guzan. I, I, see, you you sort of look at. To me, that's all Barco's fault. 100% Barco's fault. I appreciate the fact that that Rock was able to step up in that situation. I I applaud him for not you know, you know, not making any mistakes because that's huge. That's huge in that moment for a young kid who probably had no intention, probably was just twiddling his thumbs thinking I'm never going to see the – well, not even thinking about the field because I wasn't even a possibility in his mind. Uh, but to act like he walked in and didn't know anything about what he was doing or, or like he was a – like he had never seen a soccer ball before, like, come on. He, he's, he's, he's a good player. He's a good goalkeeper. There's a reason Atlanta United brought him. There's a reason, a reason Atlanta United, uh, you know, saw enough of him to sign him to a four-day contract so that he could get behind Brad Guzan if anything were to happen. It was great for what it was. 
he made some great saves, though. You've got to give him some credit. Like, yeah, some of them were shot right at him, but there was that one series kind of towards the end of the game where there was just a scrum in the box and he had to yeah. make a foot save out. I mean, and he just did a great to be job. able to step up in that moment, a huge moment for Atlanta United. You know, it's, it's Gabriel Heinz's first competitive game in charge of the team. Uh, just a huge moment for a lot of different reasons in a tournament that a lot of people think Atlanta United shouldn't even be in this year. So for this kid to step up in that moment, and, you know, I, I think I tweeted, like, you know, Rocco, get big. That's what you're taught as a keeper, obviously, in those moments. You know, you have to, like, swell up and become a giant and, and block the goal, and that's exactly what he did. So for Rocco Rios Novo to step up in that moment, yes, I agree. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, of really dynamic offense from – Alajuelense, I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, that's a um, tough one, man. Yeah, it is a very tough one. But the, the they weren't really well. providing – yeah, thank you. Uh, they weren't really providing a whole lot in terms of – especially against a 10-man Atlanta United. Well, you, could, you, you, could, you, could, you could tell that they were trying to test him. I mean, he obviously right. came, out, came out at the end with six saves, and uh, so they were trying to, trying to at the very least squeak one past him. Um, but I just, you know – and so that, that's, where, that's where I say that I was watching this very objectively because the fan of me would have been like, if I were at a bar watching with a bunch of friends, every save, no matter how simple it was, I would have been all over it. I would have been cheering just, just along with everyone else. Was um, it Tim Howard against Belgium in, in the World Cup? No. But it was still very is, impressive. <laughs> Never mind. We don't need to get into that. I mean, I think certainly <laughs> in terms of Rios, uh, maybe not. I mean, it's, he did what he was supposed to do. But I think – exactly aside from that there is a lot to be excited about and it has a lot to do with the manager if you ask me I mean absolutely the team was not super sharp uh for Atlanta United you know I, I didn't think uh, I didn't think we were very sharp uh you know they were remote but if you look at the system of play and what Heinsey has this team doing there's a lot to be excited about in the future regardless of what happens in goal um and and I just to me that's re- I'm just excited to watch this team play again I thought it was unfortunate not to get to see a pure form of what Heinze wants for 90 minutes after the red card, but there are some truly, and I'm not just saying this, there's some truly innovative, inventive stuff that Atlanta United are trying to do. And I just can't wait to see how it works out this season. I don't think he necessarily minded the red card though. And I'm going to say it like this. It gave him an opportunity to test, you know, a young team and a team that he hasn't been with very often or very long. It gave him an opportunity to sort of throw them into the fire and say, okay, this is how we're going to adapt. And first of all, I I love the way that Atlanta United came out at the beginning of the game, the sort of upside-down Christmas tree formation that, uh, you know, a a lot of people, um, you know, will utilize in, like, video games and stuff, but will say it might not be very effective on the game. But it can be, and I think that's what Atlanta United were doing in the early parts of the game before the red card. And then for the red card to happen and for Atlanta United to sort of have to flip around what they were doing and say, okay, this is what we're going to have to do, it was, it was refreshing to see because Atlanta United didn't necessarily park the bus or drop back. You know, they were pushing forward and still trying to go after it, and I think that's why they ultimately, you know, get the penalty, get the goal, and we can talk about whether it was a penalty or not. I don't think Eric necessarily – No, it, like that 100% went off in the face. face. 100% went did. So that's, that's the really the, the biggest – if we were not an Atlanta United – if we were a CONCACAF Champions League podcast, which obviously doesn't exist, the lead of this <laughs> should be a dude got hit in the face with the ball and called for a handball, and that resulted in the winning penalty. Hey, but so. it worked. It worked for Atlanta United, and we can be happy about and that. that. And place, again, like Sam, I said, it, hold on real quick. It's just the way that Atlanta United's tactics and the, the mentality of the team to not just fall back and, and, and absorb, 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 but for Gabriel Heinze to say, okay – 
we're down a man, but we're not dropping back. We're going to, I mean, they did at certain times, but they, they were very selective and, and they also pushed forward a lot. So I think yeah. that caught, um, yeah, I think that caught Ala Huelense off guard because, you know, nobody expects a team to really push forward after I, going down a man. I think so too. And, and I mean, it was, you, you never got the idea. I mean, even to finish the match, you were still playing with two forwards up top with, with Barco and, and, and Martinez. I think a lot of managers would have made Barco their third sub in that 87th, 88th minute when George Campbell comes on, but you stuck with two up top all the way to the end. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, if you looked at the match tactically, it, the first part, right before the red card, um, we started again, just fascinated by, I went and watched those 40 minutes back earlier today. And there was so much going on that I really haven't seen often uh, on, on a soccer pitch in terms of what's happening tactically off the ball, those types of things. Then after the red card happens, like you said, Sam, it forces the team to switch and be more pragmatic. But I also thought you, you have to give hindsight credit. Cause like you said, the team didn't park the bus who creates, I mean, it wasn't a penalty, but who creates that penalty? It's, Ezekiel Barco driving forward and giving it to George Bellow, your, your left back. So that, that alone tells you that they're still, uh, yes, they go to a back five uh, after the red card, but Lennon and Bellow absolutely still licensed to get forward. You're still playing two up top. So it was not, maybe it was after George Campbell comes on late, becomes a park the bus situation, but Atlanta United were always looking for that away goal and they got it because Gabriel Heinze didn't decide we're just going to go into a, into a shell and play five in the back and try to get compact in the midfield. He said, no, we're going to leave Barco high. We're going to, you know, we're going to leave Lopez high. We're going to still tell our outside backs to get high and wide up the pitch. And that's how you've gotten the goal in a match uh, that, that on the, you know, in the end could have gone either way. Damn, it feels good to be talking about a game again. I know. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I do want to, I do want to throw out, I, I don't want to, I, I, we had a CONCACAF game go in our favor. We had a con, we got CONCACAF. It was CONCACAF. I mean, yes, like, I, when, when I, I, I'm, I just don't, I hate it when, when <laughs> no one's talking about the ref today. That's all I'm saying. No one's talking about the ref <laughs> in a win. Uh, I just Hit can't wait right for, in the face. I, I can't, I can't wait for the, for the next leg when somehow we get screwed and, and all of a sudden then we're talking about the ref. Well, we got uh, the away goal. That's the thing. We got the away goal, just super important. The performance was not awesome. I mean, that, and, and oh, that, I agree. I think that's to great. be expected. And Eric, yep. again, we're, we're talking too much about your Twitter, but I saw some things that you said about how in a lot of ways it did look like a late preseason, early season match. You know, and I definitely agree with that. There were quite a few patterns of play where you get into those dangerous positions and attack where it, at that point, it's not tactical or in system or anything. It's just, you know, who do you have the quality to create chances? And you saw Barco with some heavy touches uh, you saw Lissandra with some heavy touches. Joseph Martinez not at his best. So, uh, you know, I, it, the performance was not great. You know, so, so certainly the, the, you'll expect that to get better. I think when that does, it's a team that's set up to be really fun to watch. I, I beat a team that hadn't lost in a long time. I mean, you do have yeah. to take a lot of the positive. You beat a team that hadn't lost in a long time. You got a CONCACAF win, which is something that isn't always very easy. And I think ultimately what you get from – this game is confidence. You know, you get that confidence because you went in, you won a game with 10 men, you won a game that a lot of the times, and quite frankly, uh, under old, old management, and I'm throwing shade at Frank DeBoer here, who should probably be fired by the Netherlands yesterday. But, you know, this is, this is a, a, a team that, that just looks different. You just look a lot yeah. different and you look better. You look more inviting. You look more engaging. And it's a funner product to watch. 
And it's going to continue, I think, to get that way, especially because, again, this wasn't a great performance, but you still got the win and you still set yourself yeah. up I think to move on to the next Confidence, one. Confidence is the word, right? Because it's important to remember that a, a Santiago Sosa, a player like that, he's still very young. I mean, he hasn't mm-hmm. had a lot of first-team football. He, he, he's probably he not been in many matches like this, you know, and, and I, I don't mean to say this is a, was a huge test for him in terms of quality or anything like that, but this is the first time, I mean, if, if you've played however many, I'm not sure, but it's not many first-team matches that he's played, if any, uh, coming in. And this is the last match with a new team and a new manager, and to play that way. And I think this, you would say the same for Franco Abarro, who was very good in front of him. Um, I think you'd say the same for Brooks Lennon, who, while he's on the roster last year, is in a completely different role and has to do different things. You know, I, I think the confidence, even though the performance isn't great, the confidence will grow, like you said, Sam. And once that quality, we would assume it's only a matter of time until we see that. It's hard not to be really positive about this team. I, I think what I took away from it is that it was a group of players that, was, that looked like they were excited to play again. That looked like they were excited to yeah. be back. They looked like they were excited to be playing with this new group of players, this new manager. They looked like they wanted to, to you know, kind of uh, represent the five stripes you know, better than they did last year. Um, That's what I could tell. The energy level was high. It, 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 you know, you could see that what they had been working on was there were, there were sparks of it coming through in the game. Um, And, you know, you could have walked away with a bigger scoreline than you ended up getting, but um, Lysandra, Lysandra misses that first, that first, the the one in like the 14th minute. Um, you know, Barco that, you know, just goes wide on another shot. I mean, you had, you had opportunities in this game, not enough for me to like really be, feel yeah. happy about it. But again, I, I looked at the whole, I look at this whole, con- at least this, these matches as these first two matches as a, just an extended preseason where, where the games actually mean something. And, and, you know, I'm not banking on winning CONCACAF Champions League if it happens great, but you know, I, I'm going to use these first two matches as a, as a, kind of a launching point as to where this team is, you know, where, where obviously Heinz is doing the same thing. He's looking at this match and going, okay, well, let's look at the first half, even the second parts of the second half. What, what, yeah. what were the things that we were that, you know, what were the things that we got? What were the things that we were missing? What were the things that we could clearly work on? Um, you know, things of that nature. I think, I think the voice of reason, <laughs> if there is one somewhere out there would, would ask, you know, what, uh, you know, how bad is the Costa Rican league? This is the best team. And they go up against an Atlanta United that's, really trying to figure it out and can't manage to score. Can't and they lack quality in key, in, key, in key situations for sure. So I, I, I do agree. I was a little surprised with the, uh, particularly on the counterattacks, the situations uh, they were able to get into uh, and just the, the quality wasn't there. So it does make you, I don't know. I don't want to question the Costa Rican league. I don't know enough, but I don't know but, enough either, but I, I, I'd question it. I'd be like, this is the best team 25 straight and or 25 un- yeah, unbeaten. And, uh, and, and you go up against an Atlanta United that it has not figured it out yet. It's their first game in, in, in what, three and a half months or whatever, new coach, new players. Um, you know, I mean, how do you not put up a better if you're performance looking than that? at this? Let's say you're an MLS side and you have, you know, a, like uh, an LAFC watching this. I do think there are some places you're like, all right, Atlanta United are vulnerable. Uh, and I certainly think one of them uh, is, is against the counterattack. Uh, I think the other one is you saw Alonso doing this throughout. Uh, you can see I'm just trying to avoid even trying to say that team name. Uh, but 
<laughs> they were clearly just going after George Bellow. I mean, and that was true yeah. at 11 v, 11 v 11 and 11 v 10. And uh, there were, and his defending was positioning was not great. And again, just the, the ball to uh, the ball to Bellow would maybe lack some quality or, you know, so I think there, there are still some, some issues that need to be ironed out. I think Eric, like you said, would, what is, how is this team figuring each other out? It's, all right, how do we get used to these situations where we're actually going to be vulnerable against the counter? How does George Bellow get used to being isolated 1v1 at times? How does that, you know, trio of Sosa, uh, Robinson, and Walks, uh, when they stay back and everyone else go forward, how do they react to getting run at uh, 2v3, 3v3, even sometimes 4v3 in that match? These are the things that the players are only going to figure out by playing with one another. But I'm still watching that if I'm, a, if I'm an MLS side or, um, and I'm saying – I can, I can, this team leaves spaces when they go forward, and they have players yeah. like Abello that I can get at on the counterattack. You mentioned it's Antoine Walks. That's an interesting one, too, because he had a what I thought was an abysmal tackle uh, in this game. I know he went in and, and got the ball, but he went oh, in like, two-footed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, he went in two-footed and studs up, and it's like, um, quite frankly, he was lucky that Atlanta United weren't down to nine men. Uh, so, yeah, you yeah, know, that's something that you also have to, you know, as a coach, you know, rein in a little bit and be like hey you got to watch out with those especially when we're already down to 10 men so that could have been another vulnerability there when you talk about vulnerabilities but I think more than anything from my perspective this is the the biggest positive you take from the game last night is is potential like we saw the potential that is there for this team to build for this team to grow yeah. for this and, team to get better in Heinz's system and the reason that that's that that makes me so positive is you know you compare this to the particularly the Arediano match two, two years ago where you're adjusting to a new manager, new system, and just think about how much more organized mm-hmm. that, that Atlanta United team looked as compared to it's, it's clearly that they're already further ahead from a personnel standpoint, from a tactical standpoint. And cause you never expect, you know, like Eric was saying a great performance in these types of matches. I think for any right. MLS side, it's your first competitive match of the season, but it, I, there was clearly a big difference between Heinze's first match in charge and Frank DeBoer's first match in charge. And those are two matches you can stack up next to one another and really see the similarities between the two. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. It'll be interesting to see how, how kind of throughout the tournament, this specific tournament, um, we start to see the, the progression of, of, of their play. Um, you know, you go to, you go from last night to when they play at, uh, at Kennesaw and then, assuming they get they, they go move on to the next round you're talking about then playing i think philadelphia or uh, uh i forget the other team philadelphia union and mm, this is a stall whatever. tactic here sorry anyways <laughs> uh the other team and but it's it's a it's a beatable team in the next round i remember that much i just forget Aspria maybe I, I forget um but uh, it, it'll be good to see what the progression looks like if they would go far in this tournament. We really let you drown there, Eric. I, was yeah, good. you really did. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, but it is. Be, it's, be, it's, uh, it's um. Saprisa, gosh, now I can't even I see it. it yeah, yeah, I think it's Saprisa. I think you're you're good there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think did we play them or we were gonna play them one year? I I forget what it was. Anyways. The point is, it's going to be fun to see if they Supreme get... Caprice has a, a pretty sizable club, to be fair. No, no, no I know. But I, I, yeah. it'd be fun to see how they get into... How, how the progression looks throughout the course of this specific tournament. Obviously, we're going to see them in MLS, and we're going to see them on a regular basis in MLS. But to see them go from, uh, you know, these, these, two, these two matches to the next two matches, and then hopefully even further into the tournament, 
um, see how much better they get over the course of that those matches with all the MLS games um, to kind of iron out the well. I'm gonna I'm 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 thinking about it in these terms, but iron out the kinks so that you can then ultimately, you know, use the CCL matches to obviously get the CCL CCL title. Um, not that they would, not that they would, you know, look at MLS as a as you know that they would forego MLS whatever to to you know try to do better in CCL. But you get you get the point. Um, yeah, and we know the club prioritizes. Champions yeah, League, right. they believe they're on record as saying such. And I don't see any reason, I mean, particularly like you mentioned, Eric, with the draw being a little more favorable than it's been in past seasons. And the fact this team already looks so much further along than they have been uh, last year against Club America to begin uh, to start in CCL already on a year before. So, I mean, I, I think there's definitely I think that, a lot of reasons to think you can make a run. I think the big jumps between the different matches and the different the – different, uh, parts of the competition of this specific competition, I, it will be fun to watch when it comes to Atlanta United. I will say one of the concerns that I do have is, and I know it's just one game, it's 25 minutes, but Joseph Martinez did not look anywhere near ready. Yeah. <laughs> he did not look anywhere be, near ready. I think a lot of Atlanta United fans were like, months. why isn't he starting? And then I, you and, see and, him and come in and you're like, that's why he's not starting. Because he, he did look a bit ready. slow. He did look a bit off. And not so not see him on the field. Played. Lissandro, who's, you know, 85 years old, plays, you know, 70 minutes or whatever. I mean, I, I saw that. It was that like, shows you how unfit Joseph was. I look, I, I I'm not saying he's 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 not perfectly fine, but I think they went back and did like three other surgeries on the knee. And and I, I don't know what specifically they're for, but I forget where I heard that from. But that's that is what I heard. Mm. Um, and uh, and you, you see him out there and and he doesn't look nearly as as as. Look, it's been almost a year, right? It hasn't even yeah. been a full. It hasn't. Yeah. Well, that, but that was that was before the injury. We're talking about less than a year since the actual surgery, right? Correct. Really, yeah. where the timeline starts. So, uh, you know, there might be a, a, still a few more months. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I've had ACL surgery twice on now. The podcast. I've, I've had ACL surgeries twice now. I'm obviously not a, a professional athlete, but um, you know, it. it I wouldn't be surprised if it's a few more. Oh, like, they're hard two, to come back from. I mean, two, three, four months even, if, yeah. if it takes them that long to get back into the swing of things. So, and I and I think when you look, everyone responds differently, right? But I right. think when you watch that first performance from him, certainly some of his issues, um, sharpness, obviously, but his fitness um, is is definitely lagging behind, and that's okay, you know. But I think you saw last night, whereas some guys you see you know, they can two, three matches, you know, after, after having a year ish off, they're able to get back into the swing of things. I think it's going to be a little bit, a uh, little bit longer for Joseph Martinez. Um, and, I, know, I, hope, it, I really hope not, but I, I just, having seen him last night, it's only yeah. 25 minutes. I wouldn't start him, you know, next Tuesday. I wouldn't start him for the next few months. Like that next was few months. Yeah, I wouldn't go that, that far. I mean, I mean it's a marathon, dude, that, not a it, sprint. But come but it on, did, man. What's what I'm saying? Like, you, if he looked that rough now, I wouldn't. Well, there's a couple reasons to... that could have happened, though. I mean, you know, again, it's Concacaf Champions League. I mean, these games are, are pretty nutty. I mean, I, yeah, I agree that looking at the way he played, he didn't. Look it's not, but it's not. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not but it's not performance. It's not like, oh, he didn't score goals. He looks bad. Well, that doesn't matter. That's not what I'm now. talking about. What I'm talking about is his movement on the uh, on the field. Oh yeah, the way he ran, the way he turned his body, the way he, at least in my opinion, didn't have the confidence he wants on that knee yet. That full confidence. Um, that's what I'm referring to because that when you, when you tear your ACL, you, it, the stability in your knee goes 
And it takes a while to rebuild that confidence, to regain that, uh, that, that, you know, to basically trick the brain into thinking, okay, well, it's fixed now. I can play like on it, like I, like I used to be able to play on it. Um, but if anybody can do that quickly with the mentality that Joseph Martinez and has, I don't think it's, it's, I, I wouldn't, I think I wouldn't it's push more it. than that though. I wouldn't push it. I think for him, it, it mentally is going to be a part, but I think physically he also has a ways to go. And that's the mm-hmm. reason that we're sitting here saying that I think he's a month, maybe two months away from his best. I, th- I would like to think that as you get into the swing of things into mid April, mid late April, well, I should say late April, early May, into the swing of things, the MLS games start rolling and that he's able to start starting matches. Um, but for me, the, the mental side, we'll, we'll see. Um, but in my, I mean, I think as I think someone like Joseph Martinez, Me- mental fine. side, mental side specifically about the knee. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not talking about like his, his ability to get back into like peak performance shape and all that stuff that I, I trust that he can do that. But I'm talking about exactly. mentally about the knee. Specifically. We'll have that answer over the duration of the season, depending on his performance. But the reality is, I mean, and we haven't said it. We call a spade a spade. He's a little overweight right now. Okay, yeah. so and, and that's, and <laughs> well, that's I mean, okay. That's, yeah, that's not... okay. Look, he hasn't played a competitive match, like you said, Eric, in a long time. You can't exactly do heavy cardio when you're in a knee, like you're immobilized, you know. Mm. So, so this is it's not a big, and he's always been a bigger, you know, like more muscular guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just his build. So it, I'm that trying to think. Be a big when, deal, when was the physically, surgery? He has a ways to go. The surgery was sometime in April, right? I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine. Yeah, they wouldn't within wait. A few weeks yeah. at most after. after so at, I would say he's probably been like actually, if he's been doing any kind of like cardio stuff, maybe in the last four months. Yeah, the not until cardio he has probably and, done has been what they've done in preseason. Yeah, probably, and that's probably. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like just even getting back to like. No, you're probably right. Yeah. Given and think about line, it. We're saying the other right. players aren't fit, right? Because it's the first competitive match of the season. It's not fair. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joseph has literally not even been in anything resembling a game speed situation until parts of this preseason. So it's not a big deal, and it's it's not a knock on him. I want to make that clear. But he it just is it, physically it was, not it was, fit right yeah, now. Yeah, it was It'll the come it was. It was good to see him back on the field. I just that was the first thing I noticed. Is like, oh man, he does not look like he's ready yet. There's only there one way to get match that, fitness, you know? though. There's, there's only one Absolutely. way to get match fitness. Absolutely. Matches. Absolutely. So, just, I mean, that's the me, thing. But I just, I, I just want to re, I just want to reiterate. It wasn't just the match fitness for me. It was the the his movement in general. Well, of course, it's a it's a two pronged conversation. Because it, it, there's no it, question. If you're if, if he's perfectly healthy, even perfectly healthy a little overweight, you can still see, you would have still seen the the old parts at least in like spurts, like maybe in the first five minutes, you would have seen the old Joseph, the, the, the pre knee injury, Joseph, but I think that s- part's going to come quick. I think that part, Eric, yeah, will be I'm two, you. three matches. It's going to be the physical for me. It's going to be the physical side. If Look, it's the I, mental side that I takes so. longer then there is going to be a real issue with his performance on the field this season, which it just doesn't feel like his mentality. Like I understand what Eric is saying about the knee and then, you know, your personal like confidence in and your own body happen to be fair right. to guys. So, but it's a valid it just point. seems like he's the type of player that is going, would be able to get over that part of it quicker. Whereas the, what Josh is saying, the, the match fitness, the, the, you know, personal fitness, if you will, that might take a little bit longer to catch up, but as soon as it does, I don't have any worries about a guy like that, especially a player with that kind of mentality. We'll know I, in look, a couple months. I, yeah, you know, I hope, we'll I hope so. I, I want nothing but the best for Joseph Martinez. I want him to come back as strong as possible. I'm just not looking at Joseph and thinking, okay, we've got him back. We're going to start the season off great. I don't think we're going to see him much 
outside of being a sub like he was in this past game for the first few few weeks of the season at the very least no 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 it's not that because that, <laughs> oh, that was God. based that was based off that was based off performance this is not based on performance this is based off his ability to get back from yeah. his knee injury which of i don't course. think yeah. he's 100 percent there yet he's probably like 85 90 percent there yeah, when it comes to that. when it comes good, to when it comes to his confidence, his his fitness, and everything that goes into get coming back from it, he's probably like 85, 90% there. And it's that extra yeah. 10% that's the hardest to get back from because I, that's all the 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 you know, you know, are you still afraid to cut on that knee? Are you still afraid to, you know, turn the way you used to? Are you still afraid to kind of like take off uh, like he was so known to do on, on like a dead sprint? Like that's all that confidence I'm talking about. That is affected when you tear your ACL. Yeah, I mean, we, I, uh, I, I, and then who knows? I who knows that? I just think that the the, the for him that's going to come in a couple matches. It's going to be the physical side. I just the, want the, everyone the, to make sure. I just want everyone to make sure that they, they don't think that I think Joseph is like lazy or has lost the mental edge. Based off not, it has nothing to do with based off his. Oh, that's his, what I his, think. His, I think his that mental. Think, uh, Rios Novo. No, no, no. Nothing. And, uh, nothing. You know. No, I didn't think either of those things. All of those. Rocco Rios Novo's a bum. Joseph Martinez is done. That's what Eric blame is saying. Blame Josh. Blame Josh. Just blame Josh. Yeah, just blame Josh. It's my fault now. Uh, and see how just much blame things Josh. are. See when I'm to blame, things are suddenly much better. Anyways, uh, so yeah, blame, blame Josh. And we get, we get, no, we get, we get a phantom, we get a phantom handball year. off the face of a, of a, of a player. And, and suddenly <laughs> we're, we're up one, nothing in CCO. But here's, let's the, the, Take the, wins conversation. the good thing about it is I think, and I could be wrong. It's one match, but Lissandro showed me enough last night and, and he was like a lot of the players, not as sharp as he could have been, yeah. but his ability to drop in the midfield, link with others, you know, he has that quality there that I think enables you to be patient with Joseph if it does take a couple months to get him back fully integrated because it's not an Adam John or Kenwin Jones or Brandon Vasquez situation Kenwin where you basically Jones. have a black hole up there, let's be real. Um, but but you, you saw that Lissandro, and hopefully the goals come uh, for him or at least at a decent rate, but you did see his ability, most importantly, to drop in and link and play with the team, which brings Barco into the game, Lennon into the game, Mulraney will bring Jurgen Dom, you know, Marcel, Marcelino Moreno into the game, and, and enables others to get into dangerous positions. So you have enough depth in, in Lissandro that at least you can be patient with Joseph without really worrying that your results really tumble as they did last year when you missed them. What a... Just looking ahead to next Tuesday. It's next Tuesday, right? I haven't looked at the calendar. I just assumed. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it. What's the goalkeeper situation? Because you know we don't have Brad Guzan. We know we have Rocco. Yeah, where's Alec Can? <laughs> Alec Can is, I th- believe, recovering from uh, he had from shoulder surgery. surgery. Yeah. Shoulder ah. surgery. Uh, and I, I don't know, like, what the play is here. Like, I'm, I don't mind going with Rocco again. I'm just curious of what, what, you know, what, you know, Heinz is thinking, what you guys might think. Um, I think he stepped up big and I think, you know, you shouldn't have any, you know, lack of confidence in going back to him again. If, I mean, if he's your guy, I, I was listening to five-track final and apparently they, they, Heinz was telling everyone that he loves Rocco. Um, and so it's, I, or, or that they like him enough to, you know, they're obviously going to have to give him another contract, another four day contract, which, um, they can do up to four times over the course of the season. Um, so I would assume that they're going to give him another one, you know, whenever the, you know, whenever the right day is for that. 
uh, for the next tournament or for the next match. Well, he'll be at but, least uh, be the backup regardless, right? Because at I the don't very least. But I'm, I'm just so. wondering why in this match specifically they took him and I forget the other guy's name. Lungard. Yeah, I, why, why they took him, why they took Rocco instead of the other guy. And I, I just, that's, I'm just curious about that. I don't know if you guys knew anything or if you guys had any thoughts on it, but I just didn't know. I, I'm fine going with Rocco. I think it would be, it'd be fun to watch another, a young kid kind of step up in that moment, have a full 90 um, to where he's kind of controlling the whole, you know, what he can control back there. Um, you know, being able to, going into this match, what I would like is to see, what I would love is to see him kind of be told that, yeah, you're going to be the guy going into the next match. You're going to practice with the first team. You know, you're going to be basically ingrained into everything we're doing here. And, and, you know, you're going to, you know, you go into it knowing that you're going to be part of the first team, the starting goalkeeper um, for the, for the home leg. So that'd be cool to watch and see how he steps up, see, see, you know, what kind of impact he can make. Again, I, 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 his performance was great. It was awesome. I, it was just the, the, the build the statue comments that I was like, are you guys serious? Like, come I on. don't think that w- those were serious comments. <laughs> yeah. Actually. It's called hyperbole. I had one guy, no, one guy came up to me. And so this is why, this is why I said, I don't think I learned anything from Twitter because one guy goes, well, you know what? I saw the one guy. Yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw, <laughs> never listen I, to the one guy. He's an idiot. Always. This is, this is the most egregious comment. I was like, I saw one of those <laughs> saves that I saw one of those saves that Brad Guzan wouldn't have made. And I was like, are you kidding me? I, at that point I just shut Twitter down and I'm, considering just deleting Twitter altogether because oh, I wow, can't that got you. Yeah. handle it. I cannot handle it. But when I heard, when I saw the whole, well, there's one of those saves that Brad Kazan probably wouldn't have made. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? There was nothing. Rocco saw, saw tougher shots. He handled tougher shots, tougher uh, balls in, in warmups than what he saw in that game. And I, throughout the course of his, his young career, he has handled more stuff than what he saw. This, this but it's good. It's just – it's here. great. It's great. No, it's not a crusade. I, I just, hate the fourth string Atlanta I did not say that. He's in, like, high that. school. I did not say that. No, I – dude, I, you know how much – you know what? Part of me thought maybe I'm just jealous that he's an 18-year-old high school kid that got this chance to play with the first team at Atlanta United. His time to shine. He, he absolutely kills it. And I'm over here, you know, hosting an Atlanta United podcast. It's at home jealousy. in my apartment. Buck Nasty would be proud of this player. Hundred percent jealousy, and I just can't. I just can't. Uh, you know, I just can't handle it. All I right, just, I I didn't expect to spend all this time, uh, you know, slowing people down. Well, on the everyone else wants to spend Reyes. time on him. Everyone else wants to spend time on uh, him. Why can't we? I think it was more of a Twitter sensation for 15 minutes than that. I'm, I'm deleting Twitter. But I, you're right about you're right about the keeper situation, and it'll be interesting to see if neither of those other two are available. Who is your second string keeper? I would like to know who the emergency keeper is of the field players. Just well, do you think they go? Just to know. Do you think? Do you, are you, do you think we have two Atlanta United two keepers on the bench or uh, in the lineup for next I week? Don't know. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, who is the other one? And we'll see. We'll see. But I, and I, ideally, you play better in attack, and none of that stuff matters because you score. You know what? What I will say that in his in his in his forty five minutes in his you know I got a step up situation. He looked one hundred percent better than Alex Dembakis. And I like Alex. Oh, Dembakis. my God. I'm a fan of Alex. Now you're yeah, going to get Dembakis. that guy in our mentions. <laughs> or Matt, or uh, what, Matt Christensen was the other Oh, one. or him. He was Why awesome. Why have we I, had this happen so many times? I don't know. Uh, let's give a quick shout-out to uh, Lucid SC. Uh, did you say SC? He did. He did. Oh, my he gosh. Did. <laughs> he did. He did. Lucid FC, uh, proud of sponsor of uh, the Miles of the South podcast distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta reflects a deeply British American heritage design approach uh, to clothing 
promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. The brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable. Mm. Uh, check them out. Check out the logo on all the Jack Harlow nonsense you see out there. Right. Uh, pants, hats, uh, outerwear, shirts, hoodies. Um, they're big on the uh, masks right now for obvious reasons. Ask me what the FC and Lucid FC stands for. Well, it's an S, I guess, now. So it's like streetwear and clothing. Like what? Yeah. Streetwear and clothing. I like it. Is it the uh, but it stands for footwear and clothing. SC? Perfect match for football fans. I talked football. over you. What, is it, what oh. does it stand for, Eric? <laughs> what does it stand for? Foot, footwear and clothing. Okay. Lucidfc.us. Lucidfc.us. Uh, go check them out. Use the code DSS to uh, get a, a little discount on us. And, uh, yeah. Any final Good thoughts stuff. before we uh, take off? Good to be back, and I am super excited about this season on so many levels. But as a tactics nerd, I'm buzzing. I mean, I I really think we're seeing new innovative to hear you stuff say, to in hear the you world say, of soccer in Atlanta, in Atlanta, to hear, Georgia. To hear you say that there's stuff that I that, that happened on the pitch that I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen before. I'm like, whoa. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited just, to hear about to watch. it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, just remember the players make team. the difference. The players make the difference, not the tactics. But it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, look, 1-0 in the 2021 season, so that's all that matters right now. Undefeated Can't wait so to see far. what this team does under Gabriel Heinze this year, man. It's going to be exciting. All right, that does it for us. Until next time, see you later, Lana. See you.